This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is Holy Baptism with the Eucharist for October 2nd, 2022.
Yeah, it's just... Is it the wrong reading? No, no, it's, but it's split in two. Do you want to just use your bulletin? Yeah, I'm good. That's fine. Yeah. There's one right here, too, if you want. Okay. All right. Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. It is such a joy to have you with us. Um, I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. It is a special and unique joy to be with you today. And I want to say thank you and uh, hello and welcome to all those who are joining us on our live stream. Uh, it is so great to have you with us. And uh, if you want to get to know us better, please check out our website. It's redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a y.org. You can click on our about tab there and learn more about us and uh, contact us. We can learn more about you. Uh, friends, today uh, we are so excited. Uh, this morning we will be uh, welcoming our newest member to the Church of the Redeemer. Uh, we, we will have the baptism of uh, June Elizabeth Ratterman. That is super exciting. And so, uh, all right, baby June, it's you today. All right. This baptism uh, has been postponed twice because of COVID. So I'm uh, super excited that we actually, she's here. It's happening no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. Huh. I'm so excited. After the service, I hope that you'll join us. We have two offerings for you. After the service, we have our coffee hour in the Great Hall if you'd like to just hang out and be together. And we're also continuing with our Episcopal 101 course. Uh, this is both for people who are inquiring about the Episcopal Church and for people who've been here for quite a long time but are still learning, which is all of us. So uh, we are specifically going to be focusing on scriptures today, on the Episcopal or Anglican approach to the Bible and how we how we do that work. So I invite all of you who want to uh, be a part of that. We will be in the parlor immediately after this service, so you can join us in the parlor for Episcopal 101, um, or you can join us in the Great Hall for some for some coffee and coffee hour. Um, either way, it'll be wonderful to be with you after our worship. Children today uh, in our worship service, they'll begin the children's liturgy in the chapel this morning. I think they're already there, but if there are any other children that want to be in the children's uh, liturgy, they can go to the chapel now and they will return. Uh, at the peace. Um, and these are all the announcements that I have, other than I want to remind you that I'm reading this uh, set of announcements off of my uh, phone on my Church of the Redeemer app, which by now you all are getting tired of hearing because you all already have it and are so excited to be using your Church of the Redeemer app. But if by any chance you aren't uh, using your Church of the Redeemer app and you don't have it yet, uh, you can find it on your phone's app store. Uh, just search Redeemer Cincy with a Y on your app store and you can do that. If you need any help with that, we can give you some assistance with that. All right. These definitely are all my announcements. I invite you to stand at this time so we can begin our worship.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. There is one body and one spirit. There is one hope in God's call to us. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I invite you to please be seated. A reading from Habakkuk. The oracle that Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not listen? Or cry to you, violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack, and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. The word of the Lord.
A reading from the second letter of Paul to Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that has lived first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give a spirit of cowardice, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me as his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearance of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason, I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day when I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. The word of the Lord.
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later, you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise you, Lord. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all of our hearts always be acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. Amen. Phil just whispered to me another easy text. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I did a lot of um, looking at commentaries before downtown Bible study this week. and. Downtown Bible study gives us a chance to kind of test some ideas out. You aren't going to be hearing any of those ideas. None of them flew. So we are going to stick with the first couple lines of this gospel reading, and I'd be glad to talk about the others outside in the narthex. Faith the size of a mustard seed. The opening verses in today's gospel reading are reminiscent of a similar and perhaps more familiar passage from the Gospel of Matthew. In Matthew 17, the disciples have been unable to cast out a demon. And the man whose son has been possessed by this demon goes to Jesus, and Jesus immediately casts out the demon. So the disciples say to Jesus, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus replies, because of your little faith. For truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. In today's gospel reading from Luke, the apostles say to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord replies, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, 
and it would obey you. The context of this passage is different from the passage in Matthew. This is a passage where Jesus has been offering some difficult teaching. As Phil alluded to, we have been having some difficult teachings. And the passage is right before this lesson today. Jesus is cautioning the disciples, telling them not to stumble and not to contribute to anyone else stumbling. He's talking to them about forgiveness and he's telling them that if someone sins against them and repents, they must forgive that person. That if someone sins against them in one day, if they sin against them seven times in one day and repents seven times that day, they must be forgiven. There is no limit to that forgiveness as long as there is repentance. And the lessons we've had in the last couple of weeks, um, last week when Phil preached about the lesson involving the wealthy man and the poor man, Lazarus, and how Lazarus is lifted into heaven, but the wealthy man is cast into Hades. Melanie talked about a lesson the, pre the week prior to that, about you cannot serve God and wealth. All of these lessons have hard messages, and there really isn't an easy way around them. So it's in this context that the disciples are hearing Jesus's words, and they're asking Jesus, increase our faith, because I think they think they're not quite prepared to go forward. So what do we make of Jesus's response? If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. It's a very short response, but there is really no way for us to tell the tone of his response. It's kind of like when we receive a text, and we might react any number of ways, but we don't really know what the tone was of the text. And I found myself, after wrestling with this passage, wishing that the Bible had emojis. <laughs> I wanted to know, was Jesus saying this with a scowling face, or with a happy face? Was there a little heart by it? Was the message, you know, will you ever have enough faith? Or was the message, you already have what you need? It, we could read it either way, or many other ways. It's hard to know, and we could build compelling cases for any number of approaches. But what might be clearer to us is the disciples' request to Jesus. The disciples' request increase our faith. It's very understandable in the context of what their recent teachings have been. They may be feeling they need help, and they may be feeling that increasing their faith is not something they can do on their own, that that has to come from God. And they want more faith, they want more. And can any of us not relate to that idea of wanting more? I think our culture is almost built on this idea of more. We want more skill, we want more knowledge, we want more experience, we want more time, we want more to be more prepared. <laughs> There's that more again. Phil talked a bit last week about our desire for more security, 
more accomplishment, more earnings. We want more. It's almost built into the Western culture. And in this wanting of more, we're also confronted with, with all the noise around us. I remember a couple of years ago when I returned to town to face toilet paper shortages. I'd never thought of wanting more toilet paper, but I was in line and showing up at the beginning of stores being open. Back in my marketing days, we were always coming up with the latest promotion. Buy one, get one free. You know, buy one, the second one is at half price. I find myself as a shopper still succumbing to that. There is only me and my dog in my household, and yet there I am, buy one, get one free. I am right there in line. We want more. And my trip this past summer to see my family in Salt Lake City, we needed to make a stop at Walgreens. And my granddaughter, who does have a bit of a sweet tooth, saw this giant box of Junior Mints. She wanted it. I mean, this is not like the little boxes that we would run into in the movie theater. This was a giant box of Junior Mints. So after she'd had a few and was kind of wanting more already, and I'm thinking, this does not bode well. So I said, I'll carry this box in my shoulder satchel that I'd been traveling with. So I put the box in there. We did a lot of trips that day. We were running around town, running errands. And pretty soon from the back seat, I hear the voice, I want more junior mints. I should mention it was over 100 degrees in Salt Lake City. And Junior Mints will never use the M&M marketing language, never. My whole bottom of my satchel was one big mush of Junior Mints, chocolate and mint. And I'm scooping with my hand to get it out. I mean, it's really gross. I, it's so much more gross than what I'm going to tell you right here. But I'm scooping with my hand, and my hand is filled with chocolate and mint. And my granddaughter is saying, we have to eat them all. <laughs> and my son is saying, gross. And then he looks at me, and being aware that we're in his new car with this light-colored herringbone upholstery, the next words out of her mouth are, Mom, do not touch anything. I was covered, and he could see the ready path is spread before us. More is not always a good thing. We know that. We know that with that sixth slice of pizza or whatever, we know more is not always a good thing. But in the midst of thinking about this, more, wanting more, and also recognizing when we have what we need, it raised the question of how do we recognize when we have everything we need? How do we know that we can move forward without asking the question that the disciples did, give us more? And there was an article on CNN's website yesterday that I found extremely moving. It was an article um, by Erin Burnett. It was an interview with her. And she had just returned from a trip to the Ukraine. Erin spoke with a couple there. Vadim and Olga. She had just met them as she was going around the city. 
and their only child, a son, had been killed in the war. And as she was talking with them, she was hearing about how their house had been reduced to, rub to rubble. It had been occupied by Russian soldiers. All their possessions, for the most part, had been stolen or destroyed. But they had a goat. They had a goat. And this goat had been pregnant. And it was that day of their conversation that the goat had given birth to two kids. And Olga was holding these two baby goats. And she was inhaling the fresh farm smell of them. And she was saying, we have new life. We have new life. This woman who had lost so much was feeling joyful about the gift of this new life. And when Aaron Burnett asked Vadim how he would describe his life now, he said, lucky. He said God had helped them in this moment of so much loss and hardship and scarcity. There was no mention of wanting more only recognition and gratitude, gratitude to God that they had survived and for what they had. Aaron reported they felt lucky and there I was unable to fathom their loss. I learned from Vadim and Olga that sometimes as much as a moment moves you and affects you, you cannot understand it. I was silenced by their ability to take joy in their goats and to find themselves lucky. I could only listen and witness their experience. I learned from them in a new way that this is something we humans can do for each other. Aaron's words of witness brought to mind a recent hospital visit I had made to someone who was gravely ill. As I took out my prayer book, to read the prayers we say when death is near, I became aware that it was the same prayer book, this prayer book, that I read at a candlelight 16 years earlier as I sat in the dark on the ground beside a loved one who had just died suddenly. In that time of profound shock and grief, that prayer book and that trust in the presence of the Holy Spirit was all I had. Looking back, it was absolutely all I needed. But it was all I had. While preparing this sermon, I found myself also remembering this was the same prayer book I read from at the time of my mother's death 21 years ago next week. I had set vigil for her for days. I brought so many things thinking I needed to be prepared in some way but it all came down to this simple prayer book and accepting that God was with us and that the Holy Spirit would guide us. We had all we needed. Very shortly, Phil will read from his book of Common Prayer as he leads us through the presentation of June Elizabeth Ratterman for Holy Baptism. She will be surrounded by her parents, Elizabeth and Craig, her godparents, family and friends, and this whole Redeemer community. We will bear witness, make vows, renew our own baptismal vows, pray for June, and celebrate her new life in Christ.
Immediately following June's baptism, Phil will include these words in his prayer. Sustain her, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give her an inquiring and discerning heart, the courage to will and to persevere, a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. In these moments, June has all she needs. The love of family, a loving community, and the presence of the Holy Spirit, always. Yes, we may still find ourselves like the disciples asking for more, and that's not to dismiss the necessities of life. But let us always remember the gifts already received through the love of God, the love entrusted to us to share. In the moments most precious to us, in these moments of sacrament and sharing and transition, in the moments of deepest grief and humble gratitude, in holy communion and holy community, the presence of the Holy Spirit is palpable. May we always know we have all we need. Amen. The candidate for holy baptism will now be presented. Will you be responsible for seeing that the child you present is brought up in the Christian faith and life? Will you, by your prayers and witness, help this child to grow into the full stature of Christ? Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? Do you renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior? Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? Do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? 
Will all you witnessing these vows do all in your power to support these ch this child in her life in Christ? Amen. Then I invite you please to stand. Let us join with these who are committing themselves to Christ and renew our own baptismal covenant. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in the prayers? I will, God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will, God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will, God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? I will, God's help. Let us now pray for June Elizabeth, who is to receive the sacrament of new birth. Deliver her, O Lord, from the way of sin and death. Lord, hear our prayer. Open your heart to your grace and truth. Lord, hear our prayer. Fill her with your holy and life-giving spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Keep her in the faith and commitment of your holy church. Lord, hear our prayer. Teach her to lose others in the power of the spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Send her into the world and witness to your love. Lord, hear our prayer. Bring her to the fullness of your peace and glory. Lord, hear our prayer. Grant, O Lord, that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. I invite the congregation to be seated. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We thank you, Almighty God, for the gift of water. Over it, the Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of creation. Through it, you led the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt into the land of promise. In it, your Son Jesus received the baptism of John and was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, the Christ, to lead us through his death and resurrection from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it, we are buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share in his resurrection. Through it, we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into his fellowship those who come to him in faith, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
Now sanctify this water, we pray you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that those who here are cleansed from sin and born again may continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. See you just for a minute, okay? Yeah, we're gonna have fun. It's gonna be great. This isn't gonna be at all strange for you. You guys can come up. Come on up. Come on up. June Elizabeth, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Is there anyone at this time who, having heard these vows and seen this baptism, is feeling called to the waters of baptism today? Is there anyone else who has not been baptized who wishes to be baptized at this time? Is someone coming up? No? Or they're just leaving. All right. Let us... This is a lot of suspense. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by water and the Holy Spirit you have bestowed upon these, this your servant the forgiveness of sin and have raised her to the new life of grace. Sustain her, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give her an inquiring and discerning heart, the courage to will and to persevere, a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Amen. Let us welcome the newly baptized. We receive you into the household of God, confess the faith of Christ crucified, proclaim his resurrection, and share with us in his eternal priesthood. Please stand as you are able. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Okay, my friends. Did everyone get to see the baby? Good. I did want this wonderful group of nine o'clockers to know that in the next couple of weeks we are planning on reinstituting passing the plate and that is one way that you will be able to give your offering. But in the meantime, you are, you are still able to give offerings in some secure lockboxes in the narthex, and you are able to give online. All the information for that is here in the bulletin. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. <coughs> Before we begin, uh, you're doing good. Uh, uh, before we begin, uh, you know, we have the baptismal font right up here, and some of you like to dip your hand in the water on your way up to uh, communion, and others of you think that's just a little bit too Romish and papish for you. Um, I respect that. Um, but I, today is the day in which we have actually baptized someone in this water. If there ever was a day where you might put your hand in this water on your way up and remind yourself of your own baptismal covenant and connect yourself to June as she begins her life in Christ, it would be a beautiful time to do that. I invite you please to stand as you are able. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. For by water and the Holy Spirit you have made us a new people in Jesus Christ our Lord to show forth your glory in all the world. Therefore we praise you, 
joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all, in the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink this, all of you, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ and bring us to that heavenly country where with all your saints we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food and the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with the gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Today, God heard you renew your baptismal covenant. May God send you the courage and the strength to fulfill those vows and to live your lives in accordance with God's will, which is a life lived for the purpose of love and mercy, to care for this world and reconcile it in Jesus' name. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always.
Let us go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Thanks be to God.